Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. While we normally take a break from the podcast in the summer, we recently had the opportunity to have a conversation with Mike Regelman and Butch Hudson. Even though it's summer, I thought this would be a great episode to release now as the school sports season is ramping up. Mike and Butch share about their journey as coaches, what being a high school coach is really like, and why they do what they do. Mike and Butch are faithful servant leaders in our community who seek to adorn the gospel as high school coaches. They've impacted many young people and student-athletes. I hope that through this discussion, you'll get to know Mike and Butch more as fellow members of GBC, and that this episode will help each of us see the opportunities we have in our work to point others to the hope of the gospel. Right, Gresham Bible Church, we have two very special guests on the podcast today, Mike Regelman and Butch Hudson. And the reason we're having these guys on the podcast is to help us as a church just get to know one another. So again, this is a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, but specifically why I asked these two brothers to be on the podcast is to hear more from them about coaching and what that looks like for them. Uh, so lots to hear from them about. I just have to say real quick, this is an audio medium, right? But visually here in the room, Coach Hudson did me a huge favor and he wore his Pete Carroll Mon Monarch Nikes. That's here right. to talk about coaching. That's right. Shout out to the Heaths for my 40th birthday gift right here. <laughs> so I turned good. 40 and they just appeared on my feet. So. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. You're ready to talk about coaching. Wearing yes. Those. Yeah. yes, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So why don't we just get started? Uh, Mike, why don't you kick us off? What should GBC know about you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, what you do for work, your family, all the fun stuff? Yeah, I'm local. Very, very local. Family's been in Gresham for many years. Grandpa started Regalman's Appliance in 1965. Dad runs it. Now me and my brother run it, so we are homegrown. I went to Barlow High School, graduated from uh, in 2000, along with fellow Butch Hudson and many GBCers. Uh, played water polo for four years there, played basketball and tennis nice. uh, for my high school career. Then ended up playing water polo in college at California Baptist University where our very own Josh Howarth was as well. And, yes. and Liz, and uh, it's getting a little popular. Uh, so I went there for four years, had a great experience, and came back, married my high school sweetheart, Holly, and who we met in, at Barlow freshman year. And so I'm as local as it comes. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Butch, how about you? All right, uh, kind of similar. Um, went to Barlow High School, graduated in 2000. Uh, teammates with Mike. I think we were teammates for three years, mm -hmm. right? Sophomore, junior, and senior. Um, yeah, I've grown up in Gresham, the whole area. Uh, my parents have been here, I don't know, since the late 70s. Uh, my dad was a PE teacher here for 32 years, uh, followed in his footsteps. Uh, he coached as well, and he was very passionate about basketball, which rubbed off on my brother and I. Um, I've been coaching the girls basketball team for, this will be coming up to season number five. Awesome. Um, 
I have a family. I have an awesome wife named Casey Hudson. We have three kids uh, that are awesome as well at times. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah, Isabel, and Ezekiel. And what else? Um, yeah, I, I guess that's that's yeah. good. Can I ask you as a basketball coach to give your scouting report on Mike Regelman's game in high school? What Ooh. was Mike like? Oh, man. Uh, Mike. It's easy to do bench warmers. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Mike was Mr. Hustle. Ooh, he was like... Okay. The the uh, the chilled version of Dennis Rodman. Okay, <laughs> that's what I would say. With better outlet passes from water polo. I uh, yeah yes well wow. like Full Kevin course. Kevin yeah. Love before Kevin Love. There you go. Whoa. Right. Okay, that's right. Okay, and Mike, what was Butch's game like? Oh, Butch was the man. Yeah, just rebound the ball, give it to Butch. Rebound okay. the ball, outlet to Butch. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a we had a fun dance dump was a part of that. Uh, his senior year, our junior year, so we had a great experience. I think with. Bar the basketball. Oh, that's yep. really cool. Was Freddie okay. Jones a couple years before you guys? Did you play with him at all? I just, just like an open gym. Yeah. So okay. I got to play a few summer league games with him. Okay. Which he was, graduated though before you guys were. Yeah. When we were sophomores, sophomores. he okay. was a senior. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dan did his sermon about, yeah. <laughs> about unity, right. Yep. And, and, and uh, cohesiveness. And I actually remember being at some of those practices where things got pretty, pretty uh, tense <laughs> and as a sophomore you know 15 year old i was pretty wide-eyed like oh wow this is different so yeah. wow okay yeah and just so people know if you want to just share real quick we're going to be talking about coaching so what's your role as a coach but you said you've been coaching barlow girls for five years so you're the head coach yeah the head yeah. coach um and i've been i didn't realize it i think it was a few years ago i've coached every single year that I've taught and I just finished mm. year 17. Wow. So, Man, that's so uh, cool. some of it was middle school coaching, but you know, it's, it's still coaching nonetheless. Yeah. So football, basketball and track and field. Wow. So yeah. super cool. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Yeah. I'm more one dimensional. Uh, I've been coaching. I started as a volunteer coach for Barlow back in 2004. Wow. So I've been so coaching right since after, 04. Wow, yeah. Right okay. after I graduated Cal Baptist, you know, I graduated in January uh, and then that September or August is when water polo starts. I was starting to coach. I have a, I'm like Liam Neeson. I have a specific skill set. <laughs> so I was a goalie and a goalie coach. So I coached uh, since 04. I was a volunteer for a number of years. And then I became assistant coach for a number of years. And I've been head coach. We'll call it six years. Probably yeah. I've been head coach. Okay. For boys and girls. Boys Barlow. and girls. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. So basically coaching has been like you and Holly's like from the beginning of your marriage on yes. type thing. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. From the beginning of our marriage. Yeah. So we, uh, I graduated college from Cal BAP in, I think actually it was December. We got married in January. Man. Oh, wow. And then I coached that first, that first year. Wow. I was out there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, before we kind of press more into the coaching thing, thinking about coaching and athletics, right? This is a question we like to ask different guests on the podcast. I've been looking forward to hearing both of your answers. So in sports, you have walk-up music, right? Whatever the sport is, basketball intros, baseball, walking to the plate, WWE, if that's kind of your quote unquote sport of choice. So water what? polo, underwater speakers. Yeah. Are <laughs> there like, intro music in water polo? There no. should be. There should be. There Started totally this should be. Now. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's a thing now. Yeah. So I want to hear from both of you guys. If you could choose your intro song, your walk-up music, what would it be? 
I, it's hard to pick one. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's really hard to pick one. I <laughs> had to think about it for a while. Um, and I would have, you know, I would, if it were me, I would like to rotate them, you know, okay. depending Good on how call. I feel. I like that. Um, and you mentioned WWE. So I was a big WWF fan growing up. Yes. Every now and then I'll find myself like going like to the rock music. You know, oh yeah. Oh man. Yes. Doing the eyebrow raise. And, <laughs> um, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, that's really, yes. you know, just start shaking the ropes and just going <laughs> crazy. Uh, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be um, I Ain't Done by Andy Minio. Ooh, oh, yeah. I, I like that one. Good call. Um, yeah. I like that. It okay. starts out kind of slow, then it kind of builds up. Yeah. Okay. Great choice. Mike, what would your walk-up song be? Uh, Fort Minor, Remember the Name. Radio edited version, of Ooh. course. <laughs> okay. Do you listen to that before games to kind of get your yourself uh, in a certain mindset yeah lincoln park fort minor I'm, I'm pretty big fans wow so okay yeah so when i see you driving around town in your truck with the windows <laughs> down that's what you're blaring usually yeah <laughs> that's fair i appreciate your honesty yeah that's great okay um, that's all gonna change yeah there mm -hmm. we go and then how about we like to ask people this is again one of the purposes of this podcast is just to help get to know one another as a church family, right? So maybe what's one thing GBC should know about you? Maybe even somebody in your life, your friends that you've had for years, they don't know this about you. What's one thing GBC should know about you? So for Mike Regelman, maybe it's like, you know, you don't listen to podcasts and now you're on a <laughs> podcast, maybe something like that. Yeah. So uh, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, the very first podcast I've ever listened to happened about a week ago uh, in preparation for this podcast. So, well done. Yeah. I'm yeah. brand new to the podcasting world. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. I'd say for me, it might, <laughs> I think people might know this, like especially close friends. I, I'm pretty, I think I'm introverted, but I can come out of my shell pretty easily. I think as a teacher and mm -hmm. a coach, you have to do that. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, put yourself out there. But I think my my basis is just to be quieter and kind of more observant and just hmm. quieter, I guess. Is that yeah. PTSD from those fights at practice when you were a sophomore? <laughs> uh, or being raised by up. Ron Hudson, who is extremely yeah. extroverted. Not, not PTSD, <laughs> but just yeah. he's very extroverted. And um, although he, do, he does have some introverted tendencies yeah. too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, before we kind of connect, you know, your walk with the Lord and coaching and why you do what you do and all that kind of good stuff, it's always good to hear uh, briefly, you know, your testimony. Like, how did you become a Christian? That always is good to hear one another talk about um, as members of GBC together. So, Mike, why don't you start us off? How did you come to know the Lord? Uh, like many, uh, raised in the church, uh, we were good shepherders for many, many years. I was there from... Uh, from when I was born, we were at Good Shepherd. I went to Good Shepherd School, uh, K through seventh grade, and then was at church there until Virgil said, hey, let's start a church. And we said, hey, okay, let's do that. So awesome. I was at Good Shepherd for many years, a part of the youth group. Uh, the Lord caught me really early and became, became a Christian early on. High school really made it my own. And I've been trying to be faithful ever since. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Butch, how about for you? Um, so for me, my family, we grew up going to East Hill Church just down the road. And um, faith, my faith was always kind of driven by my mother. 
Angie. Uh, she was the one who was always like, hey, let's read the Bible. And she was awesome. So shout out to my mom for that. Cool. Um, and then we kind of, I think it it became harder for her because my brother and I were like, oh, we don't want to go. And we were... I don't know. We just weren't as interested as we probably should have been as youngsters. Um, and then in middle and high school, I got involved with uh, the youth group at Good Shepherd and um, yeah, just really caught fire for the Lord. And it was actually kind of cool. This uh, off the cuff, um, the Benson head coach came and spoke at one of the Good Shepherd youth groups mm. and he had played. He was a division one player at Oregon State. And I was just really impacted by his testimony and wow. Uh, I was able to share that with him this last December, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's that's cool. cool. And we, we played each other and I said, I don't know if you remember coming out to boring Oregon and, uh, he totally did. So it, oh, it was wow. cool to just kind of reconnect and I got to thank him for sharing his testimony and yeah, so, that's neat. Yeah. That's cool. really cool. It's cool just to hear you guys both say, it sounds like your middle school, high school years were formative and your walk with the Lord. And now you guys get to help influence young people and high schoolers in terms of that. So, man, that's awesome. Wow. Cool. All right. Well, let's kind of focus the conversation a little bit. Both of you guys are coaches and want to kind of explore that with you uh, in, a, in a few different ways. So first, I'd love to hear from you, like, why are you a coach? Both of you guys could have done a lot of different stuff, even playing sports growing up, you know, it doesn't mean, hey, I have to be a coach. So why are you a coach? Why do you, why do, you do that? I'll go first. Uh, I think for me, just uh, obviously I'm passionate about the sport, passionate about basketball and athletics in general. Um, and as a PE teacher, I love working with kids and, you know, just trying to be, I guess, a positive influence for them. Um, and it was really coaching basketball was kind of a unique op opportunity to take over the girls program because they had had a handful of coaches that um, hadn't stayed for a while and there wasn't mm. a whole lot of consistency. And I was like, wow, this is like, feel like the Lord's opening mm. a door. And I've, it was kind of cool because I, I felt like I was mentored by coach Johnson, who's the boys coach. Mm -hmm. And I got to coach with him for eight years and watch my dad coach, you know, when I was younger and I just felt like, man, this is like, I've had all these like things that have like led to this. So I felt so like cool. it was, you know, God opening up a door to, to take over that role. Yeah. So out of curiosity, kind of to press into that a little bit more, like when did you know you wanted to be a coach? Was it even in high school or college or what was that like? Yeah, I think, I think in high school it was like, all right, you know, you start to do the career things, you know, what are you interested in doing? And I was always, you know, watched my dad and how much fun he had and how much uh, of a, a positive impact he had on kids in the community. And I was like, that, that looks like fun. And, you know, wow. you get your summers off, <laughs> spend time with your family, which it's I think is a compelling argument right there. <laughs> yeah. right. Okay. right. And the, the other thing that I was like kind of interested in, in was firefighting, but okay. I had so many connections to the teaching world. And I was like, all right, let's do that. Yeah. Now the only fires you put out is when the nets are burning from swishing. <laughs> I hope well so. Done. That was terrible. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's great. How about you, Mike? Like, why are you a coach? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the same reasons that all all of us coaches for the money. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. No, no, hey, I love no, it. You no, almost yeah. made me do a spit take. <laughs> I just had to drink a water when you said that. No, no, no. It, it, obviously, I'm joking. Everyone knows that's far from the truth. Uh I thoroughly, I enjoy being involved in people's lives. I, I know how moldable high schoolers are, the influences that they're receiving. 
um, and I want to have a positive impact on their lives. You know, as maybe as cheesy as that sounds, it's real. I love the sport. I'm passionate about water polo. Uh, it's not as popular as football or basketball or baseball is up here in the Northwest. But I like seeing these kids succeed. Uh, I enjoy the aspect of competition, of figuring out how we can win, hmm. uh, eliminate our weaknesses. I love all of that. I love it about the sport. I love it about basketball, about ping pong, volleyball. <laughs> I love it all. So I'm a big advocate for sports. I think it does a lot to help shape who we are. Uh, it helps, gives us a competitive edge. And I think that does help us later in life too. Yeah. On that point, I'll just share briefly, even though I'm the one asking you guys questions. So in my prior role in corporate world, like as a hiring person, if someone's resume or an interview, I heard that they played high school or college sports. That was a plus for me on the ledger. And I would ask some questions about that because you learn how to work well together and mm -hmm. for a common purpose and all yeah. that. So I'm with you, Mike. I think it has big time impact on young people. So yeah. 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 All right. How about but you shared your dad has been a big influence for you getting into coaching uh, other coaches. Why don't we just kind of hear from that a little bit? Who have been some formative influences for you guys in your coaching career? Maybe people you looked up to early on or as you've been a coach, man, I've learned this from this person. I just thought that'd be cool to hear you both speak to. Yeah, for me, you know, I didn't have a dad that did sports. I didn't have a dad that did coaching or, you know, I don't have a gym named after me, the Hudson gym. He's a legend. I didn't have that in my life. Uh, I had supportive parents, of course, but, uh, I think Tom Johnson, I think he did influence me absolutely positively. Um, his love and passion for the game, how he excelled at it and just his love for the, for us as players, mm -hmm. I think made a big impact in my life. Um, my college coach, he was great, uh, in water polo, um, high school coach was great in water polo, but I think TJ was, was the number one for me. Wow. What a cool legacy. Yeah. That's great. What about for you? Yeah. So obviously my dad being one of them, yeah. uh, especially initially, cause you know, he was the one who I was always in the gym from, you know, day one till now. Um, and then I agree with my coach Johnson. Uh, and it's been, it's actually been really cool for me to have him as like a mentor role. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, I was like, Hey, will you mentor me? It was just, you know, <laughs> it's just natural. Like we'll call each other a lot and be like, you know, kind of try to pick each other up or lament when we're struggling mm -hmm. or so it's, it's been really cool and really ideal just to have wow. somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and talk about coaching. Cause it's, it's its own unique mm -hmm. job or calling, I guess. Oh, a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, TJ's made it a lifestyle Yep. for yeah. so many years and for so many players. Yeah, yeah. man. And just to hear you guys speak to it, even in this moment. And now you carry that with you. That that's so cool. Wow. All right. How about kind of to get a little more specific? I'm sure there's tons of things that are going to come to your mind. I'm not trying to bring stress into your life right now, but help us experience coaching. What have been some of the highlights for you, some of the lowlights? And I'd even say, is there a particular game, certain quarter, certain practice, like highlights, lowlights? I'd be cool to hear what is a coach actually like. So highlights, lowlights. There's a lot of highlights. Uh, when things are doing well, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of lowlights. You know, there's a there's a slide 
you know, if at first you don't succeed, try doing what your coach said the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, Solid. <laughs> I love that one. Um, highlights for me, uh, I love seeing personal success. And the biggest highlight is when my players that I coached play in college. Mm. For me, that is number one, top notch. Uh, and then in addition to that, the icing on the cake is when they get a scholarship mm. for water polo. Yeah. Uh, it means that I helped shape them and train them. And now they're getting X number of dollars to go to college to mm -hmm. further their education. And it's be help because of what they did in the pool. Yeah. So for me, that's, that's up there. Wow. Okay. All right. The low lights obviously are, you know, and that potentially that bad apple got away or, I get a player for one or two years and then they quit the sport. Mm -hmm. You know, did I do something wrong as a coach? Did I not uh, encourage them enough? Did they slip through the cracks? Did I not give them enough attention? And I don't let it haunt me, but I certainly does feel, I feel a little, um, uh, that's important to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to see these kids, these high schoolers do well, succeed. And so that's, that's important to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I didn't even think about, you know, there's been a couple of times where kids start out playing and they're like, oh, and, and it's not always necessarily because of anything that we did. It yeah. could just be, you know, the kid just mm -hmm. lost interest in playing, but it's still, you're just like, oh, like I really want, yeah. you don't want to lose kids. You want to keep them. Um, so I would add that to a low light. And then I wrote down for me, cause I, I came prepared with my notes, uh, <laughs> Shot which it, is, which is, uh, <laughs> no, this is like me to a coaching tee. Like I have to write down lots of stuff and prepare and think about things. Um, it would be a low light it would just be the times when I'm like kind of moments of self doubt. Like, mm. can I do mm. this? Like, am I, do I know what I'm doing? Am I qualified? Yeah. I think about am that. Am I yeah. like, wow. You know, and you lose a game and you, internalize it a lot and it's you think about it and it's hard to let it go so i would say that that's definitely a low light um the highlight again hard to pick one but you know we had a really successful season last season and like that was almost like that whole season was like a highlight i think for me um one of the things as you were talking mike that i thought of was just it was really cool when we made our run deep in the playoffs, having former players come back and watch, mm. that was like really cool yeah. to have those, those, you know, they're young ladies in college and they're back supporting us. And, um, you know, I wanted to make them feel like, Hey, this, the reason why we're here is because of the work that you guys did as so well. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Yeah. There's something neat about high school sports. There's something neat about, you know, the name, you know, on the front of the jersey, you know, the Barlow name for us coaching at Barlow that, you know, with club sports, they get kids from all over, all over the city, potentially all over the state, multi-states, you know, but high school sports where you're born and raised and where you grow up, there's a little bit of pride there. Mm -hmm. And like what you said, those players are coming back when you made that deep run last year, but your team did phenomenal. There's something neat about that. And you know, they're in college. Why should they come back? They're already moving on with life, but no, they want to come back and watch this. They want to come back and see, you know, what they help build. You're right. We, you know, we always come on the shoulders of somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we don't reinvent the wheel. The, yep. the wheel's already there. So that is really neat. And there's something neat about high school sports that you just don't get with club. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's absolutely. I'd agree. And another one just to to add was a a huge highlight was to have like all the community supporting the girls team when we made our run. Mm -hmm. That was really like amazing. Like I put the tissue here because I'm like, am I going to start tearing up (laughs) when I talk about this? Like, oh wow, it was a big deal. So, and in a time too where there's so much like division and people are not being united on a few different fronts. It was so cool. I reflect that from someone sitting in the stands watching you guys. It's so cool to see like that name on the front can bring community and people from different vantage points and perspectives, but they can unite around the community and the team. Super cool. Yeah. Weren't you the yeah. one with the face paint and twirling your shirt? <laughs> no, in that, was Jordan. that was producer. Jordan. That was Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I yeah. think you had the chest paint going no, on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There was more coverage for my chest <laughs> to paint more on <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, well, how about um, you guys both mentioned something and I'd love to hear you maybe speak a little bit more to um, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Mike, but it sounded like you were kind of driving at the idea of imposter syndrome. Like, hey, am I qualified for this? Mm. Like, should I actually be doing this? When those kind of waves of doubt or you're questioning that, like, what does that look like for you? You know, how do you process that? You're both still coaching. So I'm assuming you're working through that. And it's amazing for me to hear that knowing both of you guys individually and what good coaches you are that you would even feel that way. So what do you what do you do with that? Like, how do you coach yourself through that? Yeah. One day at a time, one moment at a time. A coachism check. I'm going to count how many yeah. times. Oh, yeah. no, oh boy. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be a good coach. You want to be a good coach for these players. These, and, and furthermore, these parents are entrusting their son, daughter, niece, nephew, grandchild into your care. How are you responding to that? Um, so we need to be active in perfecting our sport, you know, how we coach. I learn a lot from Butch and his preparation. Hmm. I don't prepare as much as Mr. Hudson over there. And he actually <laughs> has influenced me to do that more. But the self-doubt comes in when it's like, man, do I know enough? Yeah. I'm going against somebody else who has been coaching longer. Uh, is he going to out-coach me? Hmm. So that does come into play. Um, and you know, we, we try our best. We're flawed humans. We're sinful. You know, that comes even as a man in this world, you know, a believer in this world, you know, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I living the right way? So that self-doubt does come in, you know, in aspects of parenting, holy moly parenting. Yep. Um, and just being a man, uh, and being a coach, all those do come in and yeah. Got to, I appreciate your honesty that that's yeah. part of the thing. How, how about for you, Butch? Yeah, I, I would agree with all of what Mike just said. Um, I always, I, I find that I do lean on Coach Johnson, who mm-hmm. I just mentioned. I'm, you know, I'll give him a call and be like, man, like, you know, just even just saying, man, I, I should have done this or I should have done that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mike mentioned it. I always go back to like, okay, like I'm going to make sure that I do as much as I can to have the team be prepared the next time. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike kind of started talking about, oh, you know, talking about specifically about a game or a coach, you know, will this coach know more about the X's and O's than I do? And I always kind of think, well, gosh, did I, did I have my kids prepared enough? Mm-hmm. Did I, mm-hmm. you know, I should have done this with them. I should have carved out more time to do whatever it is. So. Wow. Cool. I love hearing both of you guys speak to that. That's great. How about for maybe someone that doesn't know you guys or maybe hasn't had, you know, a kid in one of your programs, what's your quick two minute elevator speech of your coaching philosophy? 
Like what are those core values? I'm going to sound like such a dork right now because I am, you know, John Wooden, pyramid of success yeah, yeah. style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's Coach Regelman and Coach Hudson's pyramid of success? Yeah. Ready, go. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Ooh, okay. He's got the coaches and Yeah, down. look at that. He's, just coaches. I, mean, got the, I didn't write that. I mean, I think that's probably even a wooden coach. I think it is a wooden thing. I think it's a yeah. wooden yeah. Okay. Um, quote. That's how you played basketball, I right hear. Yeah. <laughs> just annoy the heck out of people. Did you slap the floor, Mike, on defense? No, okay. I, I poked the bear. You I, did? I, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. He's, he's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Tim Johnson would be like, hey, go bother that guy. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but not cheap like no. it was all within the means of absolutely you, you know well done yeah, yeah. so for, you know for the two-minute <laughs> elevator speech you know water polo is an obscure sport not a lot of people know about water polo it's a uh, kind of a cross between rugby basketball and wrestling in the water <laughs> you know it's the one sport professional you, drowning <laughs> yeah it's the one sport where you stop working you drowned yeah you know you don't get breaks uh, you go back and forth, back and forth without breaks uh, until a goal is scored and you get about 30 seconds. Once again, you're treading water the whole time or a quarter. So it's a really tough, physically demanding sport. And honestly, hard work pays off. So yeah. we, we work them hard. Okay. All right. Wow. It's someone who had never seen water polo until I came here three years ago mm-hmm. and came to support watching our students. Water polo is so cool and so much fun. I love going to water polo matches. Yep. It's so much fun to watch. It is. It is fun. Also, Barlow School District, you should buy a new pool for <laughs> your championship level water polo program. Yes, Not that they'll listen to this, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe something in the locker rooms too. Yeah, locker rooms are pretty, <laughs> that would be nice. They're pretty rough. <laughs> oh man, pretty rough. Yeah. Coach uh, Hudson, how about you? It's hard to pare it down to. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, an elevator speech, and I know that that's something that you have to do. But um, Mike went, went with a coachism, so um, I'll go with <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's I don't know if it's often heard as much as the one you said, but just having a next play mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we say this a lot. I, I find myself saying a lot to the the basketball girls. I'm like, basketball is a game of mistakes. Um, and whichever team can minimize their mistakes. And that's straight from coach Johnson. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm like, it's 1999 mm-hmm. and I'm in the gym. Um, <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, whoever can minimize uh, their mistakes will give themselves the best chance to win the game. Yep. So, you know, don't dwell on it move on to the next play. Um, and I really feel like this last season, one of the, like, the, like the key word that I just kept talking about and hammering and girls probably got tired of hearing me say it was just resilience, like responding, you know, to adversity and being resilient and using that as like a metaphor for life. Cause there's, mm. there's a lot tough things that we, you know, everybody's going to have to deal with in life and you got to be resilient. Yeah. Well, I know you guys could talk about coaching for a long time. I just was excited to hear what you were going to say. So, yeah. All right. So, so far, I think I have three coachisms from Mike and one from Butch. So there's a little competition going on here. Yes. Okay. Um, There's so much we could talk about, but I guess I wanted to hear you share, if you're comfortable with this, like kind of walk us into coaching. You've both been doing it for a long time. Your followers of Jesus, that informs why you do what you do, right? But like, what are some misconceptions around coaching? Maybe parents have with their kids playing or people at GBC, like what is being a coach actually like, like week to week, day to day, just kind of help explain that for us. I would say one of the, one big misconception I think is 
we, Mike and I and, and all coaches are being paid to do a job, right? And we all want to do well. Um, but just the amount of time that it really does take to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like two-hour practices during the week, uh, hour and a half game, right? Or probably longer for you because you have boys and girls. But there's so much preparation that goes like behind the scenes, I guess. Uh, I'd imagine it, it's a lot like ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it. I'd imagine I've never preached a sermon before, but I can't imagine that it's just like, oh, day before I'm going to spend a half hour, <laughs> you know, looking at this verse and jotting some things down. Like I'd imagine it takes a lot of preparation and a lot yeah. of research and you know, doing, doing all the things that you need to do to make sure that you do it well. So I would say there's similarities there. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The amount of hours, you know, uh, water polo, we do doubles. So we're there before school. We have practice after school on non game days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have two practices all season long game days are four, four hours long and weekends are busy as all with tournaments. So yeah, the amount of time it takes to coach and the toll that it puts on the family, uh, the toll that it puts on my kids, my kids are now playing for me. That's another highlight, low light. We'll yeah. see. They call you coach or dad. Uh, uh, they, they kind of switch. Okay. They go back and forth. I think it depends on what they want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I coached Levi last year and we did great. And then I am coaching Michaela and Levi this year. So that should be exciting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think just the amount of time it takes, it, it takes a lot longer than people realize. And then mm-hmm. the preparation, the mental toll after the game. I mean, Holly's been my sounding board for so many hours wow. after games and the decompression it takes after losing a tight game. Um <laughs> Yeah. There's, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm losing years off my life doing this. <laughs> yeah. So is it safe to say your families uh, pay a cost? There's a toll to you guys' role in coaching. So your wives have to be all in on it. Your family's all. Is that a safe assessment? Absolutely. I would think uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. It is interesting how similar this sounds to ministry stuff mm-hmm. of what you're saying of like imposter syndrome of like, am I cut out for this? Can I do this? Your jobs are really more relational based than anything else. Obviously it's performance based because you want, you play to win the game as coach Herm Edwards would say, but then also, you know, not taking stuff personally afterwards. It's very interesting to hear you guys talk. Yeah. How do you guys deal with, because you're both competitive, you want to win every game. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with losses? Do you remember the losses more than you remember the wins? Are you in that classic category? Uh, Certain wins. I still remember, you know, Marlo (laughs) girls was able to win state twice. Yeah. You know, we had a, a state run and then we got second place the next year and then COVID and then we won state last year. So we're coming into the season as state uh, defending state champions. So we've had a really good run recently. Awesome. So I do remember those. I'm still looking for our first state championship for the boys. It's the season. Maybe this, maybe next. Who knows? Um, man, I don't remember the question. Sorry. Do you, oh, do you, do you, you take the, the losses like harder than the wins I, how do you deal with no, that when you get home and i'm gonna lean back to butch you know next play yeah next play i think about it that night a lot i think about it the next day a lot and then then you can flush it i can flush it yeah that's I, good i don't i try not to dwell on them you know too much but i do <laughs> it's you know shout out to 
I know my wife, Casey, she's uh, a saint for putting up with me during mm. the basketball season. I'm mm. sure Holly's the same way, but like I'll go home, win or lose, and I'll be like, all right, I want to watch the game. And like, it's part of like, I guess my decompression. It's like, sure, I want to no. see like, all right, what did we do well? What What do I need to make sure that we're doing a better job of for next game? And I would say after a loss, it's even more so. It's like, yeah. all right, yeah. like it's more, I guess, focus for me after when mm-hmm. there's a sense of relief of like, all right, yeah. we did it. You know, they were, they were prepared, they were ready. But then that, after a loss, it's like, oh, I got, I have work to do. So mm-hmm. just even hearing you guys talk about this and seeing you across the room right now, there's like this level of focus or purposefulness or even intensity in your answer right now. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. How about help GBC like come alongside you guys? You've said it a few different ways, but maybe even more like, what is it like being a coach, the hours you guys talk about, the dedication, the purpose, you're for your student athletes that are in your programs, like, but what's that like as a dad and as a husband? So positives negatives just kind of help paint a picture for us um in that and honestly like maybe share a little bit about what you're learning about that right your kids are getting older uh our kids are in similar stations of life i know i'm learning stuff new every day as a dad i feel like i'm five years behind where my kids actually are right (laughs) but then you guys have this role you're you're in effect parenting other kids in your coaching role so how does coaching impact your family and what are you learning as a dad and husband in that that's a great question. I would say uh, that as a dad, if you have a kid who plays at, or participates in athletics or plays a sport, having a perspective as a head coach, I think, at least for me, has been really good. Like it's taught me and I, I'm sure I need to do a better job of it, but just knowing that I, I need to pull back mm. and be like, all right, this is your thing and I'm just going to support you and try not to offer my thoughts and, you know, unless they're asked for, but just let it be about your kid. Hmm. I would say that's, that's one of the biggest things that I'm learning. And it's interesting too, because I feel like the kids who I coach, the parents who let it be about their kid are the ones who have the most fun Mm -hmm. and the ones who enjoy themselves the most. Um, And the ones that micromanage more, tend to not have as much fun. Yeah. So there's a lot um, of wisdom in that right there. Yeah. So that's been good for me. Um, and then I'll say also like in the same sentence, it's during the coaching season, I've had a lot of guilt as a dad of like, Oh my Mm. gosh, like, like uh, (laughs) last season, Isaiah would kind of tease me and be like, Oh, you're scouting again, huh? Like, Yep. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm trying to do my job. Well, I really <laughs> want to do well, but it was kind of, you know, not, not necessarily, I don't think he was hurt, but just like a playful jab of like, yeah. oh, there's dad again, scouting, sitting mm. in the kitchen, you know, scouting or watching film. So. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Mike. Yeah. It certainly does take a toll on the family going back to that. Mm. Um, the, yeah, the hours that we have to, which we want to do well, Right. Instead of having four kids in my life, I have 34 kids in my life mm-hmm. now and their problems, their burdens, their struggles, uh, whether it be social, online or physical struggles that they're going through in their life, it kind of rubs off on us coaches. And even this past year, I found that Holly and I and Holly's a saint. She's been out there a lot. My assistant coach, Don, is a saint. We were 
counselors way more than the previous years, Mm -hmm. not more than we were coaches, but I found myself just dealing with a lot of, and this is coming off of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So that isolation that everyone's feeling, it was a very emotional uh, season and dealing with the high schoolers, the struggles that they face. And, you know, it's interesting because after games in years past, I was able to, and my kids have been going, I mean, my, my kids have seen already Levi's seen 15 state championship games. Wow. He was there season one in wow. a wheelchair and uh, a baby stroller. Yeah. You know, all my kids have seen the state tournament like 14 times, 15 times, 10 times, 12 times, whatever it is. And so now that I'm coaching my own son and my own daughter, car rides home after the game, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning yeah. how to switch the coach to dad role yeah. back and forth, mm-hmm. right? Cause I've been coached, I've been yelling, I've been directing. And now all of a sudden on the way home, I'm just a dad and I need to be a dad. And so I'm having, I'm working on that role, mm-hmm. which is changing. Wow. Yeah, man, you guys have so much on your plates in the process and what you do and why you do it. Um, yeah. yeah. How about a question I really wanted to just ask you guys, and I know there's probably like books written on this, so it's not going to be exhaustive, but you guys both love Jesus, thinking of Romans 1.16, right? The gospel is the power of God. We're not ashamed of the gospel. So how does the gospel, the truth and beauty of who Jesus is, what he's accomplished, his work in your life, like all of that, how does that frame, how does that inform, how does that fuel your roles as coaches? Uh, I could ask it in more specific ways, but I kind of want to just like throw that softball out there and let you take it. It could be in your imposter syndrome, could be how you work through stuff as dads, your identity, just whatever. I'd love to hear you speak to how does the gospel connect with and kind of frame why you do what you do as a coach, whoever wants to go. Uh, so I wrote down, you know, you, I have my notes here. And so I wrote down a verse, uh, Colossians three twenty three. uh, whatever you do, work it out with all your heart as work, as if working for the Lord, not for man. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be like kind of the overarching verse that I want to display as a coach, um, wanting to be wise with my words and you know it's this delicate balance when you're i'm a public school teacher i'm a public school coach and i want the way that i coach the way that i teach the way that i live my life to to be a display to the athletes and the kids of what jesus has done for me um because you know it's i don't know it's it's not like i'm explicitly going out there and yeah, uh, you know, sharing a sermon with them, but I'm hoping that that my life and the way that I conduct myself can be that that sermon yeah. or point them to, oh, you know, Hudson is this way because or why is Hudson this way? Mm-hmm. It does, man. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mike. But, yeah. But you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, going back to, to, you know, my intro song, Remember the Name, you know, our <laughs> yeah. reputation uh, is so important for for Butch and I, who we are outside of the gym and outside of the pool in our community needs to reflect who we are when we're on coaching deck and our coaching court. And we want the gospel to shape us. It is who we are. 
we are believers, you know, we're fathers. And so, yeah, that verse is perfect. I love Philippians 4.13. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we want that to be displayed in our lives. We mm-hmm. want our players to be able to see who we say we are is to be actually who we are because mm-hmm. our reputation can be hurt very, very awesome. quickly. Mm-hmm. Our name can be tainted. And when that happens, Christ's name is tainted as well. So we, I think we both strive to uh, live a life that's, you know, worthy of the gospel. And uh, it's hard sometimes, you know, yeah. you know, when the games are tough and that's okay though. You know, we need to show Christ's love. We need to show compassion. We need to show mercy. And because the players, these high schoolers, man, they'll they'll pick it apart. They know if you aren't the person you say you are, they'll find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Mike. That's why you're not on social media. That's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to find Mike really going on InstaFace uh, tweet or anything. Uh, what was that again? Insta In- what? InstaFace tweet. InstaFace. Excellent. Just covers all the bases. <laughs> Good. Uh-huh. <laughs>
There's some in our church that, you know, have older kids, younger kids, maybe singles that may get married someday, whatever. Like, how would you counsel? And I use the word counsel, not coach. How would you counsel parents with kids who either want to play sports or in youth sports? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but you guys have years of experience. Like, just how would you counsel parents to set them and their families and their kids up for success with sports? And there's a lot more I could say, but I'll I'll stop. What counsel would you give? <laughs> I would say kind of what I goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier, like uh, knowing when to push and, and when to pull back mm-hmm. it w- is, um, you know, and each kid is unique. Um, you know, I have we have friends whose kids like they don't need any pushing because mm-hmm. they're they're so self-motivated and so driven and so, you know, bought in so, so much to doing what they want to do as far as sports go. Um, and, and again, this is something that like, I'm still daily continuously trying to learn like when to push, like, Hey, let's, let's go do this. Or yeah. do you want to go do this? <laughs> and then being okay when it's like, no, that that's where, <laughs> where I struggle when it's like, Hey, you want to go do this? No, I'm good. And I'm like, how come <laughs> yeah. you're not doing anything? <laughs> let's go do this. So just finding that balance of when to push and when to pull back for somebody who's got a kid who's showing interest in sports. Yeah. That's good advice. Okay. Yeah. Each kid is definitely either self-motivated or not motivated. And some kids need more pushing. Uh, Sometimes I ask them, do you want to go do this? Or sometimes I say, we're doing this. (laughs) And it's just that balance Mm -hmm. of, um, of when to, to say that I have now begun to say, can I tell you something? Mm. Can I, Mm. are you ready to talk? You know, learning about coaching my own kid after a heated game, you know, Levi and I, or Michaela and I, I say, are you ready to listen? And if the answer is no, then I need to wait. Yeah. And I need to, okay, let me know when you're ready. And so I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. So I understand how hard it can be as a high schooler right now, Mm -hmm. but for advice for parents, keep them involved. You know, if they're not doing one thing, they're doing something else. So keep them involved and sports are good. You learn a lot of good lessons out of sports, the hard work, the camaraderie of working with other people that aren't like you, uh, it shapes you and it teaches you to, you know, we're in this world and you'll have believers on your team and non-believers on your team and use it as an opportunity to let your light shine in front of them and then encourage somebody else as well. And I would add one more thing, just for somebody, you know, if depending on how young a kid is or how old, I guess, just encourage multi-sports. Um, and I say that as somebody who only did one sport in high school, which I know <laughs> is very hypocritical of me. Um, and only, you know, I played small college basketball, but I wish now I'm like, oh, we were talking earlier. I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have been involved in more sports. And I think not only is it good for your body and, you know, just learning different skills, but like just the being in a different role, you know, maybe you're, you know, a star in one sport and then you're just a role player or a bench warmer in another one. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good for kids to have that like complete perspective of what it, what it's each role is like. I think that's huge. So that's great advice. Is that, um, this shows my, uh, being naive somewhat or think I know, but I don't really, is that counter coaching culture because it seems like these last like 
20 years or from quote unquote, when we grew up, it's like, Hey, you gotta be one sport dedicated from like eight or nine years old on. Even some people have told our kids that I'm like, what? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I hear that more often from like the club scene. Yeah. You know, and I, so maybe a self-interest there. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I mean, I think there's obviously benefits to being a one sport athlete, but yeah. I think there's more benefits to being a multi-sport gotcha. athlete. Okay. Yeah, body, body, your body development in and of itself is benef- highly beneficial if you do multi-sports. You know, hand-eye coordination, strength and agility. Uh, like Butch said, your your role is different per team. So, yeah, I'm a big big advocate for multi-sport players. Well, you can get burnt out if you're only you can get burnt out. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like sports science stuff more and more is saying, no, multi-sports is the way to go. And if you think of like the greatest athletes of all time, you know, Jackie Robinson, Bill Russell, who just passed, Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, he get, he got up to triple A baseball while yeah. being the greatest basketball player of all time. Like mm-hmm. there's something to be said of when you can do multiple things, it seems to make a difference in mentality and skill. Yeah. 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 I would say I'm not a coach, but as someone who attends many games, my kid is not yet uh, playing in sports because she's four. But parents, people know you in the stands, you know, how we conduct ourselves in the stands. And, you know, it's so cool that a lot of these sports teams at Barlow are filled with Christian kids. I mean, this is a weird, unique situation. I've never seen anything like this before. You know, like like the boys' basketball team was like 80% believers or whatever who are very involved in youth groups and stuff. And and I think people in this community know that. And so, you know, how you yell, what you yell, your attitude, demeanor. And then when after we're all talking together as church groups of people, and everybody knows they all belong to that church. Well, you know, how you yell at that referee who's getting mm-hmm. paid minimum wage makes a difference <laughs> or yell at the coach or whatever. So, you know, people are always watching us and I get being competitive. I I hate losing more than I enjoy winning, even if I'm playing a card game at home. I get it. But there's something to be said of still having like respect and love towards people and stuff when we're in the stands. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I said that so you guys didn't have to say that. (laughs) I had a unique experience. When I was at Cal Baptist, we were, at the time, Cal Baptist was NAIA. Mm -hmm. So we weren't NCAA, so we were part of that NAIA um, organization. And we had a phenomenal national championship men's volleyball team. And we would get USC in our little tiny gym, Pepperdine, UCLA, and we would just whoop them. No way. Destroy them. Granted, our guys were probably 25, 30 years old because they weren't probably checking. (laughs) Um, We had one guy from South Africa had a 55-inch vertical. I mean, our front line was seven feet. Our three guys was 7'1", 7", and 6'11". So the average height was seven feet, our front line. That's crazy. So it was a fun atmosphere because these big time schools come into our tiny gym and we just whip them and send them out. But I remember being in the stands as a fan and I yelled something that was, I don't remember, but it wasn't appropriate as a believer and as um, just a believer yelling at this other team and a classmate essentially called me on it and I was like, oh, you're right. You know, I got so wrapped up in in the competition of it all and it was volleyball, so it wasn't like a questionable call. It was either in or out, right? Uh, but I was yelling something, and I just I got scolded, hmm. and it was a good life lesson. Yeah, that 
I'm representing Christ even in the stands or walking walking to class. So Amen. We're a Christian all the time. Yep. yep. Love it. Yeah. How about last question for me, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about. I so appreciate you guys being willing to come on the podcast and Mike doing a podcast without listening to podcasts, <laughs> extra credit to you. Um, how can GBC be praying for you guys, right? For you as a coach, for your family and your role. I would just love to hear you share that so people can commit to be praying for you. I would say balance. Balance mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. word that comes to mind. Um, and just praying for... Um, during the season, like when we're busy, like I have a really hard time with like, all right, I got to like balance the things that I want to do and all my roles and, um, knowing when to, to step away from doing work and, mm -hmm. yeah. um, prayer for, <laughs> uh, Casey is very patient, but even more patient for mm -hmm. her mm -hmm. when, when I'm you know, during those winter seasons. Um, yeah. And just, uh, I guess balance is the best way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, that's perfect. Butch. um, definitely balance, just balancing the, the coach role versus dad role and husband role. Cause those things don't take breaks either. <laughs> um, that we would represent Christ well and all that we say and all that we do. Mm -hmm. And we don't turn people away from the gospel by what we say or what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely prayers for that. And just being able to, you know, I wish my season was in the winter because my season starts on the 15th of August. So right when I should be doing yard work and pulling it's go weeds. Time. <laughs> yeah, it's go time. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I, yeah, lots of prayer, you know, for how we, how we parent, how we coach and that we would just represent Christ well in all that we say. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just real quick, an encouragement for Gresham Bible Church kind of backdrop to me asking you guys that is like a really helpful, practical tool in our devotional life as believers is to pray through the member directory for those that are members of GBC. And when you start to know and, and hear people, oh, Mike and Butch coach in this way, and they come across your name in the member directory, like people should be dedicated to praying for each other in specific kind of ways. So I think it's so cool. I hope that you guys know, like, man, my church family's praying for me this upcoming mm -hmm. season and stuff like that. So yeah. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Any last closing coachisms you want to share anything? <laughs> Mike, you got any? No. I, I, oh, man. I, I, wrote, I, I wrote down a few. Ball I don't wish. lie. <laughs> ball don't, we yes. Do, we do. The girls do say ball don't lie. Um, I felt like I came across a good one. Oh, this was a Coach Johnson one. Where is it? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. yeah. That one, I feel like that yeah. one stood out this last season for me. Hmm. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Gresham Bible Church, I hope you found this conversation uh, helpful and be praying for Mike and for Butch and the opportunity they have as coaches in our community. And if this conversation strikes any questions or you just want to hear more, uh, please reach out to me and you can do that by emailing me at mike at greshambible.org. And as we do periodically on the podcast, want to give a big thank you again to our friends at Humble Beast for the music that you hear on the podcast. All right, Gresham Bible Church, until next time, love you. Go Bruins.